Hello, everybody, and welcome to our big table. Today is December eighth, two thousand nineteen, and I'm joined by my co-host Archer and Jonathan Lamb, and I'm Sarah Lamb. Last week we didn't record because my dad was out of town. So, Dad, why would you leave us on Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Thanksgiving's all about family, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, well, so I had to leave my immediate family and go see my extended family. What an excellent excuse. Yes, an excellent excuse to avoid eating all the delicious pies that Adam makes on Thanksgiving. That's right. Where'd you go? Well, I, so I went to Arizona. My Aunt Joyce lives in Arizona, as do my Uncle Keith and my Uncle Bruce. So they're living out in Arizona, and my dad already had plans to go out to Arizona to see his family. And so I decided I'd go with them. You know, a lot of my aunts and uncles, I haven't seen them in a long time. Basically, all of my dad's brothers and sisters, except his sister Nancy, all were there. Joyce has a house, and Keith and Bruce have a place that that they live. But we rented a house. We, meaning, I I actually didn't have to pay for it. I got to go for free. Uh, Most everybody stayed there that didn't already live in Arizona. And actually, Jessica and Dan, Kinsey and Kyler were there too. Wow, how nice. Yeah, haven't seen them in a while. So it was good. I got to see a whole bunch of people and uh, catch up a little bit, hear about how people are doing. And uh, we we can talk about that more later on, though. They told me about some interesting things, and we'll probably get them on as guests at some point. So Archer, last time that we had an episode of Our Big Table, you were in the middle of working on your Eagle Project. So I assume, I hope, it's done, right? It is. I completed it yesterday, which would be the uh, 7th of December. It went very well. Initially, when I was first planning, I was hoping to get it all done in one day, and I soon realized that that was near impossible, just because painting has to happen after you've assembled or done other stuff, and so all these steps have to be in separate things. I, When I was planning, I was just like, oh, that should only take 10 minutes, that should only take so much time, but there's actually- a little more than you thought. Right, yeah. Yeah, so, and I guess painting, you have to let things dry before you can move on. Yep. Not yesterday, but the day before yesterday, which was Friday, um, the Cottrells, which are some nice nice friends of ours, uh, they spent their, the two of them, the Cottrell couple spent their date night coming over and painting it and it was really really awesome of them because they got all the painting done and we didn't have to paint at all yesterday other than a quick touch-up but it was all set up and we were able to just speed through it and it was fantastic it was really nice of them to come and do that yeah faith and faith and spencer cottrell have eight children and Mm -hmm. so they'd have a regular date night where they leave their eight children to their own devices. Anyway, they have a date night and they chose to take a date night to spend with you painting. Uh, painting my little free library, which has now turned into two little free libraries. All right. It was easy enough to make a second one. So I did. Yeah. Double the fun, double the date night. Double the painting. Yep. Okay. What have you been doing, Sarah? Well, I had a party and Everybody came over to our house, a majority of my friends, and it was a lot of fun. Almost everyone you invited was able to come, right? Yes, everybody except for one person because her mom didn't let her. So we played in the barn. We watched an incredible movie. It's called My Neighbor Totoro, and I'm pretty sure that it's like the new favorite movie of at least half of the girls because that is a good movie. This movie, it has almost no plot. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, it, no plot, but it's still a good movie. Amazing. No, almost nothing happens in it. There's no climax. Uh, that's not true. The mom is sick. Spoilers, not really, but the mom is sick and they go to magical to, land. Yeah. Archer, what, what do you think the climax is? Uh, when... Exactly. No, 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 no. I, I don't want to spoil anything. Can I spoil stuff? No. Uh, I think the movie's been out for a little while. Okay, so I think that the climax is... Actually, you might not want to spoil it. Especially if we're going to tell all of the listeners of our big table that they ought to go out and watch My Neighbor Totoro. Yeah, so watch it for yourself, and you will find that it's just an excellent movie. The group that made it, Studio Ghibli, I think that's how you say it. Yep. Yeah. Um, they've made a bunch of really fun movies that our family really likes. So, Sarah, did you get a bunch of presents? I assume you got at least 11. I, well, I did. And so I think that my favorite gift, I've been really anticipating this gift for a while now. I got it from my parents. It's an Ohuhu brush marker set. Ohuhu. And so I actually am drawing with them right now. Yay. During our podcast? Yes. Whoa, she multitasks. It's wow. Crazy. That's secretly what I do during all the silences that I'm not talking. Just to let everyone know, um, Sarah, that's what she did during church today, too. One of the things she got in this art kit was um, a masking pen, I think it's called. No, not, not a, it's, it wasn't an art kit. This masking pen was some, well, I did get it from an art kit actually okay so the masking pin she drew on a card and then she took her many 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 different colored markers and made a really pretty design around that but then where the masking pin had drawn the markers didn't mark it really and then after it dries she could rub it off she was able to write thank you and then turn it into a really cool looking thank you card yeah i gave it to one of my beehive or it's not beehives anymore in our church it's just young women i gave it to one of our leaders because she made a dinner for us for etiquette night. And so Whoa, what's etiquette night? Etiquette night is where our leader made us this whole big meal and it was really delicious. Fascinating. And so we learned all about etiquette stuff and we learned like not to put our elbows on the table. Wait, wait a second. What what is etiquette? Archer Archer's putting his elbows on the table right now. And I would so, never. Etiquette is the rules of proper behavior, especially during meals. Yeah, that's a time that etiquette is often really important. So what are some of the rules that you learned? No elbows on the table. Really? Yeah. And if you're a boy, it's good etiquette to stand up. So apparently, anytime a girl sits down. So if a girl comes into the room to come sit down in the meal... All the boys should stand up and set their napkin on the table and then sit back down when she sits down. It's kind of hassle, don't you think? Yeah. So, Sarah, do you think you would actually appreciate it if you walked into a... Let's say that you're at the lunch table and... Oh, no boys sit at my lunch table. Oh, problem solved. Let's imagine <laughs> a new hypothetical situation that does involve boys. Let's say that you showed up late to Thanksgiving and you walked in, would you like it if all of the boys and men in the room stood up and said, oh, it's Sarah, she's late. I'm so glad she came. Yes. Yikes. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really care if they do it or not. I was a girl. 
I would care so much. You'd make all the boys stand up? All the boys would be standing up. They'd be like, oh, Archer. Never and if mind. they didn't, you'd be like, you're so rude. Okay. Or, yeah, if they didn't. Yeah. Be like, ah, 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 ah. Well, Scott. The way I feel about etiquette is it's it's rules to be polite, you know? It's like advice and guidelines that help you behave correctly. So, and it's supposed to make people feel comfortable. Yeah. Or I think etiquette is more based off of what's right at the time and who you're with. So yeah. proper etiquette might not be like, oh, don't have your elbows on the table. It might be like, Make sure you say prayer before you eat the food. Yeah, I think it's whatever's meaningful mm-hmm. to you know to the group or society that you're part of. But I think people do appreciate having some guidelines every now and then um, when you're in an unusual social situation, especially one that's more formal than you're used to. That it can feel very awkward, and so having um, some rules that you can follow can help you feel more comfortable. So in that case, it's not only about making everybody else feel comfortable and respected; it's also about making yourself feel comfortable. Cool. All right, so Sarah, I want to finish up the thing on the etiquette. So no elbows on the table. Boys have to stand up when girls come in. What other rules? Napkins in your lap. There are so many rules. I can't list all of them. Do you think it makes you feel comfortable and um, wonderful to know that you're almost certainly breaking five or six rules whenever you do anything? Yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So dad, microwaves. You guys all remember our old microwave. Yeah, it was really nice. And then... It made food warm. It was great. And then Yes, it, microwaves tend to do that. Unfortunately, it stopped making food warm. Before that, though, a number of other things happened to yeah, it. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> number one, um, the bottom of the handle disattached to the actual door. Disattached. In other words, it broke off. Yes. Yes. So our so handle we, for the last, what, how long would that several be? Several years. Yeah. <laughs> we just had tape on it and that was you tried the a couple tape things fell off and that, oh but you, i tried you, super glue and that didn't work and then well, i tried and then epoxy used, like, and it didn't work well, then you used like plaster we used a it was little something. uh stick and it that worked really well it, and yeah. then a week later like the microwave stopped working yeah not even a month it was like <laughs> You spent a lot of effort on that door handle. I remember coming home and having to help you with that, uh, with gloves and other things. Oh, for sure. So this microwave has created lots of chores for me to do. Well, and then and then one of the problems was you would close the microwave and it would be off. But if you opened it, it would turn on again. Well, I don't think the actual microwave turned on. I think just the fan turned on. But okay. But it, it was, was freaking mom out because she assumed that when you opened the microwave door, there was microwaves <laughs> blasting out, cooking your hands, which was which I tested. It wasn't. I, I totally tried it. I put my hand right in there and nope, it was fine. That's what I, you know, that's what I do for science. I have a hypothesis that needs to be tested, and I'm willing to. I think there are safer ways of doing it, such as sticking a fork or in there. Science. Well, to, to be <laughs> to be honest, that's actually what I did first. I put something, I put some water in there, and it didn't get hot. So then I was totally sure that it was safe, and then I was bold and dashing and stuck my hand in. That's really the actual order of operations. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, yes, the door handle broke, and then we tried super glue. It didn't work, and I tried another kind of super glue or epoxy. It didn't work. And then we just put ma- uh, packing tape, which held for a long time. And I finally got sick of the packing tape. So I actually got some um, plastic putty and I fixed the handle. In the meantime, other parts of the door had been cracking. So the glass was hanging funny. Yeah. Anyway, I totally fixed it using plastic putty stuff. I drilled holes and filled it with plastic and it was just anchored on there. It, w- 
it, it was stronger and than it looked when it was really new. nice as well yeah. yeah and then it broke within a week or something like sarah said I don't think that any of the stuff I did to that handle could possibly have affected the circuitry of that microwave. So I think it was just waiting for the handle to get fixed to break. Hey, um, sorry, we're, we're going on about that. But, you know, after I finished installing our new microwave, Elizabeth made the comment that they just don't make them the way they used to. So I thought, well, wait a minute. How long have we had our original microwave? And I I think we got it in 2000. I think it, well, we didn't get it, but we moved in the house. It was here, and I believe it was made in 2001. So it's 2019. So that's that's quite a while to have a microwave. And uh, I went online, I looked up how long microwaves usually last, and apparently microwaves usually last about nine years. So uh, that microwave lasted a lot longer than is typical. And I guess we'll see how long the new one lasts. Hopefully, it also lasts that many years. All right. Okay. So today's segment is going to be uh, different from 20 questions and different from other things that we've done. So in this segment, um, you guys are going to hear the first part of a story. And in that story, we're going to reach a certain point and then you guys have to guess what the outcome is going to be. Okay. So it's like, there's going to be something happening. Um, it'll reach some kind of crescendo, some kind of climax. And then you guys have to guess what the resolution is. Make sense, Sarah? Yes. Okay. So, like I said, Grandpa and I have already recorded an interview with him. And in addition to the introduction that we're going to play you, we also recorded some stuff afterwards. So after you guys have made a guess as to what you think the outcome is going to be, then we'll talk about that a little bit. And then we'll reveal what the outcome is. And then we'll listen to just a little more of what we've recorded in our conversation. But we're not going to listen to the whole conversation together here. Although a lot of it is interesting, and we'll probably end up putting it on our podcast, but just not for this segment. So what really happened? So what really happened? So what really happened? Grandpa and I have called my Uncle Daryl, so your great Uncle Daryl. We have called him and asked him to tell us an interesting story from his life. And Grandpa, go ahead and play the introduction. As I was growing up, I had two passions. Uh, one was music, and the other was sports, but particularly water sports and snorkeling and eventually scuba diving. So those are my two passions in life. And I, I started playing trombone in elementary school and uh, and then in junior high. And, in, uh, and I just loved music. In junior high, I was a student director of the Goleta Valley Junior High Band with Mr. Marino, who Glenn remembers. And uh, I actually conducted one piece in a concert called Trumpet Soleil, which I I just remember every note of that uh, music still. Do you think you could still play it on a trombone? <laughs> it, not a, it's a trumpet song, so... <laughs> he got you so good. I figured he could still play it anyway. Um, at any rate, so I get into high school and again, continue with music. And, uh, I was in just about every music group or ensemble that I could be in, in high school. I was in the marching band, the concert band, the pep band at football games, the, the stage band for plays, a jazz band, and even a, a little private combo called the Guadalajara Brass, which was 
kind of a copy of a band called the Tijuana Brass. Yeah, it was very popular in our day. I doubt if anybody today has heard of it, but it was very popular in, in the late 60s, early 70s. So uh, two things happened while I was in the music program. One was I had a a fellow trombonist who was very religious and evangelical or something like that. And, and he said to me one day that uh, he thought that the Adamic tongue was probably music and not the spoken word. Adamic tongue means with the speech that Adam spoke. And that just fascinated me. And I started looking into concept of music theory and I just reinforced that I wanted to be a musician. But my junior year, um, the junior year is when the band director would select his uh, student assistants, the ones who would choose the music we would play for the different events and and uh, basically be in charge of the band. Um, and in my immaturity, I expected I would be selected as one of those student leaders, and I wasn't. And the student leaders kind of uh, had a passion for show uh, Broadway show music, and mm. we were doing pretty much Broadway show music, football the games at times, time. and things like that. Yeah, and I just hate Broadway music. And uh, and I wanted to do contemporary music and some other things, and so did a lot of other people in the band. And uh, and then they started creating these, uh, this committee started creating these petty little rules about <laughs> behavior in the band, and particularly at at the football games, the pep band we'd play in. And, and it, just, it just got to the point where a lot of us were getting really frustrated with the student band. So anyway, we had a halftime show uh, towards the end of the football season. The stadium would be dark while they were doing kind of a light show, but the band would be in the dark. Started a, a rebellion, and I said, uh, as soon as the lights go out, we're going to do a sit-down strike and, and not play the music. And uh, just just trying to get back at the student committee. Stick it to the man. And so the show went on, the lights went out, and I walked around, and there was about, I don't know, maybe 12, 15 of us that were going to do this sit-down strike, which we did. Before the lights went back on, we quickly ran to our places and got back in place. It was a silly little rebellion. Uh, showed how mature I was at the time. Okay, so make sure I understand um, the details of this. The lights went off, and then you and 12 or 15 compatriots, of which you were the ringleader, would set yeah. your instruments down, and you would leave the formation that you were all in and go and sit right, down and, on the grass? Right, and sat, sat down on the grass in protest of the show. But it was dark, so only the other students really would see us. We came in Monday morning, of course, they, they filmed these shows, and the band director would look at the film over the weekend. And, of course, on the film, it was pretty obvious what we were doing. It wasn't that dark. <laughs> and so come Monday morning, pretty much everybody knew what had happened during the football games. The uh, band director said, don't get your instruments out yet. We have to talk. He announced that there would be some changes made. Okay. Did you understand what happened so far? Because some of the audio wasn't amazing. Kind of. I understood exactly what was going on. He and a few people sat down instead of playing their instruments, and then on Monday something happened. Yeah, they sat down because um, the leaders were doing too many Broadway musical shows. Yeah, yeah, and um, and they were imposing a bunch of really 
dumb rules, apparently. Okay. And then what was the other reason that Daryl was a little upset about this whole situation? Oh, yeah. He wasn't one, he wasn't chosen as one of the leaders. Yeah. Yeah. So I, he was a little salty about not having been selected as one of the leaders, too. Okay. All right. Clear enough? It's as clear as it will get. So what happened to Daryl? A. The band director loved the initiative that Daryl showed and made him the student band director with special responsibility for developing band shows for the rest of the year. The band members cheered for Daryl. B. The band director kicked Daryl out of band and, in fact, out of all music organizations in the school for the rest of his high school career. The band members booed this decision. C. The band director announced that Daryl had been awarded Student of the Month honors, but because of the incident at halftime, his name would not be presented at the next student assembly. The band members booed this decision. Okay. All right, Sarah, what do you think? Which ones of which one of those three situations is the one that actually happened? I think it's probably C. Okay, why do you think that? Well, I don't think that it would be A, where everybody just hated him and he was kicked out of, or was A the one where they really liked it? Yeah, A's the one where the band director said, I love it. You're the kind of leader I'm looking for. You're in charge yeah, I of don't, everything. I don't think it was that one. And I don't think it was B, where everybody hated him and well, everyone, he was kicked out of all musical stuff ever. Okay. Well, actually, in that one, all the students liked him. Yeah, because they, they booed the band director's right. decision. Um, so, first one, I don't see as likely, just because as a band director, I wouldn't be. Like, first of all, I already made the decision on who was in charge anyways. Technically, I'm not going to... Despite gonna... their, their horrific um, music choices? I mean, apparently, but... Okay. You just got to deal with it. Uh, I don't know if they'd be as harsh as to kick him out the whole rest of his high school career. Yeah, not just band, but all music. Yeah. Then C, he gets student of the month and then... Well, he already had student of the month. He already had it and then it wasn't announced because of that. Could I get some more information about this person? Uh, About Daryl? Yes. He's um, Grandpa Lamb's brother. Well, he's younger than Grandpa Lamb. Went to the same school. Loved playing in the in the music. Uh, played trombone. I think it was A then. A. Okay. All right, Grandpa. If, if only to be different from Sarah. So, what really happened? The band director called out my name and said, "Mr. Lamb, you are now." Out of all of the music programs, oh, we the were band director wrong. had the ability. Yeah, um, I guess he had already talked to the uh, counselors in the high school because they were waiting for me. Make sure I understand the the band director was he also somehow the school music director, or how did he have the ability to? Yeah, yeah, he was the music director of all of the instrumental music programs, and I suppose he talked with the school counselors, the principal, before class time on Monday morning because on Monday morning, he said, don't get your instruments out yet. We have to talk. And then he said, there are going to be some changes. Uh, pretty much everybody knew what had happened during the football game, so he didn't even mention what happened. He said, there's going to be some changes. 
Mr. Lamb, you are now out of all of the music programs as of this morning. And you can go and report to your counselor and he'll find some other classes for you to take. And there were a couple of other students who, as I walked out of the band room, they left as well because they just didn't want to deal with this anymore. So that kind of sent a message to the band director that people weren't happy, but it didn't make any matter to me. I was gone. Hmm. I think that's a little harsh. It was a different time back then. Although, I, I don't know, like, doing something bad in a performance, I guess in choir, the thing I'm in right now, um, we only get like six or seven performances the whole year. What do you think you'd have to do to get kicked Actually, out of all music? we only get like two performances a year. Well, the band plays every football game, so that's like every week. But what would you? What do you think you would have to do to get kicked out of all music at the school? All music for the rest of your. High I'd have school. to get out of. I'd have to get kicked out of school. Period. Yeah. Like I. I don't, I can't think of something that would only knock me out of choir because cause they need your bass. They, they need your uh, bass voice in there to balance out all the, all yeah, the sopranos they've got. Like that. All right, Sarah, what, are you surprised by that too? Obviously you are since yes. you just picked that one. All right, Grandpa, why doesn't that, that seems harsh to me too. Like I could not imagine anything that Archer or Sarah could do short of being expelled from school that would actually... Um, block them from being in all music for the rest of high school. So is there any backstory to that? Yeah, I graduated from high school in 1969. And during the previous year, there had been a lot of demonstrations in our community. There had been rioting. Um, Mm, The Bank of America had been burned in the little town right next to my hometown. Rioting about what? Um, The Vietnam War primarily, but also police brutality, um, just discontent with the establishment. Our high school was known as Hippie High, so we had a lot of that kind of influence in our school system. What does a hippie mean? A hippie was somebody who renounced authority and wanted to just do things with love and peace without regard to authority. And at that point in time, there was a lot of authoritarian figures. Um, The Vietnam War was very unpopular, and there were writings on college campuses, demonstrations, and my high school was not immune to that. Um, We were not opposed to protesting. In fact, I had an English assignment, and we had to write a paper about some form of protest, and I wrote a paper denouncing Union Oil for drilling in the Santa Barbara Channel because I went to the beach a lot and there was little globs of oil or tar that would wash up on the beach and get your feet all oily and dirty and it was just a mess. And I wrote a paper denouncing their intention to just make money at all costs and not care about the beaches in Santa Barbara. And so the schools, on the one hand, were encouraging you guys to think this way and having you actually write papers and getting in that protesting and activist mindset. But at the not other hand... Not necessarily promoting it, but it was all around us. And so it made a natural assignment to write about something you believed in and expressing your views and that sort of thing. So what year did Vietnam start? 
started, I think, in 64, 65. And so, and drafting began when? About that same time. Um, I know that I, when I graduated in 1969, um, the lottery had already started, I believe. And do, you, I, do you know what that means, Sarah? What the lottery means in this case? Not really. It's if your number gets picked out, you go to war. Yeah, depending on your oh. birthday, you would have to go to Vietnam and fight in the, in the war in Vietnam. And so my draft number uh, was fairly high, like I was in the top number 20 or something like that, 27, which meant that for sure I would have been drafted to go to Vietnam. Um, But I got a 2S deferment, which is a deferment to go to college. So I graduated in 1969, and then I went to college in the fall of 1969, and went to school for a year. And then during the summer, I applied to go on a mission. And so then I applied for a deferment for religious religious practices. And I got that deferment. So there was a whole atmosphere of, of discontent. The Vietnam War was not popular. In addition to not being popular, uh, young men were being drafted to go fight. So Daryl would have been in an age that assuming the war didn't end very quickly, he could anticipate that he might also be drafted. There was also other forms of discontent. There was racial discontent. There was a lot of uh, of bad feelings between blacks and Mexicans and whites. And one of the girls in the class ahead of me, which she would have graduated in 1968, her name was Pat Soltishik. And her sister, Sue Soltishik, was in my grade. Pat Soltishik graduated in 68, and in 1973, I believe it was, she was at UC Berkeley, and she and another fellow formed a group called the Symbionese Liberation Army. And they're the group that actually ended up killing a few people and kidnapping Patty Hearst. And Pat Soltishik was killed in a gunfight with the police. And so that sort of discontent kind of carried over. Uh, I don't remember what year Daryl would have been. He would have been probably 73, 72, 73 when he graduated. So that specter of having a student body leader of the high school end up forming a, a revolutionary group and being charged with murder and being killed in a police shootout, that didn't sit well with the community and with the school officials in general. So it's kind of understandable why they were so heavy-handed on Daryl. They were not going to let any kind of discontent get out of hand at the school. Although it does seem that if you're going to have a really harsh response to something like that, it could also encourage discontent, the very thing you're trying to avoid. The next segment describes what happened to Daryl He had only one class he could choose from when he got kicked out of music. There was only one class he could go to, and that's the next story that he tells, which is quite interesting. So the school counselor sat me down and he said, uh, the only class that we can fit you in is Latin. So you are now going to become a Latin student. So my punishment was that I had to take Latin. So I, I checked into the Latin class. And the teacher was incredible. And taking that Latin class really changed my life. 
I fell in love with language in general and Latin specifically. So the rest of that semester and then the spring semester of school, uh, I was taking Latin and Spanish and I just fell in love with languages. Were you already enrolled in a Spanish class at that point? Yes, I was already enrolled in the Spanish class, yeah. That was kind of a family mandate. We all had to take Spanish. So. Family mandate. I like it. Now, it's time for the Golden Chair Award. This award is given each week by my mom, Elizabeth Lamb, to a person that was really helpful, truly caring, or made her happy. The winner gets to sit with us in the golden chair at our big table for that week, or at least until the next award is given. Even if you don't win the golden chair, there are plenty of seats with us at our big table, and you're always welcome to join us. All right, now it's time for the Golden Chair Award. Oh boy, I hope I get it this time. Well, Archer, um, I hope I get it this time. I certainly know I deserve it. I think my my chances are a little bit higher this time. We're giving out two awards this time for to make up for the past week. So maybe you and I will both get it. Hmm, could be. Okay, let's find out. All right, Elizabeth, who's going to get the Golden Chair Award? All right, so over the last two weeks, we've um, been blessed by a lot of people in our lives, and uh, we've seen a lot of kindness. Um, So some shout-outs to uh, my sister Meredith's husband, Adam, for making a fabulous Thanksgiving meal that we um, were invited to. Which I did not get to eat. Uh, I got to eat it, and he had pies, and everybody that knows Adam knows that he makes the best pies and I was able to get my own stock of pies and eat them at home and they were delicious. Yeah, the worst part about my trip to Arizona, which was otherwise wonderful, was no pies from Adam. Hmm. Serious lack of pies. Well, there are a few, but... Not um, Adam's pies. Well, okay, actually there was one pie. So, um... Glenn took John to the airport with him, which was very nice for us so that we could have two cars. So Archer was able to drive himself to places he needed to go. And I still had a car available. Yeah, I noticed when I got home, um, my, <laughs> my car was on empty. and There was hardly any gas left in it. I'll have you know that I spent that gas very efficiently. Yes, I, I know. You used, used it up right to just about the last drop, just enough for me to get to a gas station. Good work. Actually, the, actually, I didn't know that. Notice the light until I actually parked in the garage, but I, I, I was pretty confident I was going to be fine, and uh, that you were going to be fine. Worked out. And then we had a large slumber birthday party for Sarah's birthday, and John was an absolute superhero for picking up the food. And even taking a last-minute request when we found out one of the girls needed a vegetarian option. Yeah, that I was, I, I, I was actually door. yes, I had everything in bags and was walking to the door when my phone rang. And I'll be honest with you, Elizabeth, when I looked down and saw you were calling, I just about hung up and went just went straight home because I figured you were going to have me do something else. But you know, I definitely. I definitely deserve the Golden Chair Award. That's that's not the kind of guy I am. Fried rice. It was so good. 
And then Sarah's wonderful friends all gave her lovely presents and were a delight to be around at a very long birthday party. And Kendra's family gave Sarah very thoughtful gifts too, including um, Kendra's father-in-law, whom we um, call Opa, carved this beautiful, um, almost, I guess, kind of a, a scrapbook or a memory book. It looks amazing. I'm He uh, carved one for my Eagle Scout project, and that looks amazing as well. Yeah. We need to put those pictures up on our thing. Definitely. He, has, he is a very talented man. And then uh, the girls and I did a little bit of Black Friday shopping, kind of against my better judgment. Uh, we were able to get a microwave to replace our broken one in the kitchen. So thank you to the man who helped me at Lowe's because, of course, the microwave I wanted was at the very top of one of those 15-foot shelves they have in the store. Like it's up on a pedestal to be worshipped. <laughs> what? But it, but it's Black Friday. Like, you'd, you'd think they'd have prepared for that. Oh, there were no, plenty they, of No, they were holding it in reserve for Elizabeth. They had it oh, way up top so oh, no one else could get it. Yes. And it, it was the particular one that I needed that it fit perfectly where we needed to replace our microwave. So thank you to him, and thank you for uh, the women at Ulta, uh, which was an incredibly crowded store. And despite it being standing room only, all of the women working there were cheerful and helpful, and we asked them many questions, and they were... What is Ulta? It's a essentially a beauty and makeup store. So, so they sell makeup? Yes. Just, just a minute here. You're telling me that the salespeople at a beauty and makeup store were cheerful and helpful? I'm Who would have guessed? That any well, okay. store that was that crowded on Black Friday was this in the morning? No, this was in the afternoon. Oh, late really? afternoon. That's even more impressive. But yes. yeah, I do agree with Dad's comment. You mean my sarcastic at, comment? I, I mean, working at a working at a beauty parlor must be so hard. I don't think it's a beauty parlor. Well, you, you know what I mean. I've I've been to very crowded stores before where. The people running the checkout counters were not quite so thrilled anymore to greet you hmm. by the time it was two in the afternoon and they had been working there since 6 a.m. Yeah, I just have a hard time imagining a makeup salesperson being like, rah, 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 I don't know, this won't look good on you. But oh, maybe. I've, I've met them. <laughs> okay. They are out there. All right. And so... One of our Golden Chair Awards does actually go to John. Yes. Thank yes, you. Two-time winner. For <laughs> picking up all the food for Sarah's party and helping us with dinner and especially providing great game ideas, managing these 12 giggly girls. I would have been very frazzled if it had just been me on my own. So... Thank you for anticipating everything that I needed for that party. Please tell me I'm going to get the second one for installing the <laughs> microwave. No, that, that one belongs to me. <laughs> so Here we go, Archer. So, yes, we did have 
John and at the last minute our Bishop Blair Lofgreen put the microwave in. But I have to say that the second Golden Chair Award goes to Callie Richardson for everything that she has been doing to help Archer get his Eagle Project finished before the end of this year. I'm willing to sacrifice the golden chair this week in exchange for an Eagle Scout rank. You know, as we're talking, an email just showed up, um, popped up on my screen as we're recording like a few seconds ago. That was a reminder from the Richardsons for me to do Archer's letter of recommendation for the Eagle Award. So she is on it. Yeah. Every single step, she is going to make sure Archer gets it done. It's very impressive. Yes. So thank you, Callie. Didn't Callie, uh, didn't she also win the Golden Chair Award yeah, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, a few weeks ago. ago. Callie and oh, Kim. Man. Callie certainly deserves it. She's been wonderful. Yep, absolutely. John and Callie, please come have a seat in the golden chairs at our big table. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Yay. Okay, thanks, guys. Hi, this is Sarah's Weekly Joke. So a grasshopper, he's hopping along and he hops into a bar, hops up onto the bar, um, like the bar. The bartender's just like, Hey, we have a we have a drink named after you. And the grasshopper looks up. He's like, "You have a drink named Joe." Okay, bye. Woo 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 woo.